right, good morning. Does anybody relate to that? You got a, not about worry, but having a terrible golf partner. Anybody ever relate to that? No, about the worrying stuff. Listen, we're here today. We're going we're gonna to talk for the next three weeks about worrying. And uh, some of you are probably even worried that that's the topic, that, that that's what we're talking about. Because I, I think that when it comes to worry, there's probably three groups of people, and maybe all three are represented here. There's, there's one group of people that you just don't ever worry about anything. You're, you drive your husband or your wife crazy. Uh, they don't even know if you have a blood pressure. And just, uh, even if the house was on fire, you would just kind of gather up a few things and stroll out and, and not, not be a real big deal. That's not a lot of people, but there are people like that. Then there's a, another group of people go to the other extreme, and, uh, and you worry about everything. And worry, you think it's like your spiritual gift or it's your hobby and that kind of thing. And that, that's what you do. You just worry all the time. And it doesn't matter what's going on, if it's something you see on TV or someone you talk to at Walmart or, or whatever, but you worry and you just worry, worry, worry. Then, the, then there's the other group of people, which is what I think most of us fall into. And, and that's people that, that we do worry, but it, it doesn't consume us, but we struggle with it. It, it comes from time to time. There are things that go on, and, and it, it comes in our life, and, and we don't seem to know how to handle it when it gets here, and it, and it can overtake us for, for short periods of time. And, and one of the reasons I know why the, 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 I know that a lot of people struggle with worry is because if you go on Amazon, if you go on, on the Amazon website and, and you go into the book section and you search for books about worry, I did this the other day. There are over 12,000 books being sold on Amazon right now about worrying. And if you go to, uh, to Google and, and, you, and you Google the, the phrase, how not to worry, there are over, let me, I got it written down here, there are over 13 million articles on Google about how not to worry. 13 million about how not to worry. So it's, there's a, been a ton of stuff written about it. There, there's been a, a ton of things talked about it, but here's what I know. If any of those things really, really worked perfectly, then that would be the only, you would know about it. it would have, the word would have gotten out. It would have been on CNN and the Today Show and Fox News and everything else. They would have been said, this is it. This is the key to not worrying, but, but that hasn't happened because we all still struggle with worrying. So I want to start today, what, what we're going to do, we're going to be talking about this for three weeks, and I really want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to be here every week anyway. I, I think this is a great church, this is the place that I would be even if I wasn't the pastor, if I was just choosing a church in this area, this would be the place I would want to come to, uh, But but I, so I think you should be here every week, but I really want to encourage you to be here today and the next two weeks. If you, if you just come today and, and you miss the next two weeks, you're going to miss out on some stuff, so I want you to be here for the next three weeks. Because especially today and next week, I'm going to kind of give you half of the message today, and I'm going to conclude it next week, because we're going to look in Matthew chapter 6 in just a minute. So if you've got a Bible, if you want to go ahead and find that, if you've got a Bible on your phone, go ahead and look that up, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at some things that Jesus had to, to say about worry. And I want to start today by asking you three questions, and, and just for you to consider it. If you want to write these down in your notes, that would be great. The first question is this. Can worrying add time to your life? Can worrying add time to your life? By you obsessing over something, will that prolong your life? I think we know what the answer to that is. I, I think we all would agree that the answer is no. I don't think there's anybody in here that would say, Cliff, I have actually expanded my lifespan by 10 years because I worry all the time. Now, here's the follow-up question to that. The second question is this. Have you worried so much that you think you may have taken a year off? of your life expectancy. And maybe 
you would say to your husband or your wife, I haven't, but you've worried so much that it's taken a year off of my life expectancy. It may, maybe that's your situation. But, but I think that we, we, we worry all the time, and worry can't add any time to our life, but, but there's a real possibility that worry can take time off of our life. If we worry so much, it, it can actually hurt our physical health to the point that it could shorten our lifespan. And then the third question is this, and this is a more difficult one, and this is one that, that, that you might think you know the answer right off the bat, but, but you need to think about it, and that is this. Is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? Because I think right off the bat we would think, no, that's most important. But then if you think about it, no, there are some things to us more valuable than staying alive. It's more valuable to me that my wife and daughter stay alive than me stay alive. And, and you probably have people in your life like that too. There's, there's some things in our lives that really when we get down to it, they're more valuable to us than staying alive. So even if there is, let's say that, that you realize worry can take time off of your life and worry doesn't add time to your life, and there is something out there that is more valuable to you than staying alive. So then let me ask you this question. Will worrying about that thing make it better? So let's say it is my, mine is, is my daughter's lives. I, 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 if I, I would value their lives more than mine. But if I worry about their lives, it doesn't add any value to them. It doesn't, it doesn't better them. When I worry about their lives, it doesn't add time to their life just like it can't add time to my life. So, so here's the thing. We all agree on that. I think all of us would say we agree on the answers to those questions. So stop it. Quit worrying. All right, let's pray. And uh, but the band's going to come back up. That's the message for today. Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? If we could just say stop it, just quit. Quit worrying. You're driving yourselves crazy. But as a matter of fact, the more that someone tells you to stop worrying about something, then you begin to obsess over it even more, don't you? It's just kind of the way that our brains work. It's kind of the way we, we function. So, so here, here's the thing that, that we need to understand today is that there's nothing really beneficial that comes from worry. Uh, there's nobody out there that's successful that would say to you, one of the big reasons I'm a success is because I worry a lot. It, Tom Brady would never say, that he's won all these Super Bowls, and if you ask him, Tom Brady, why are you such a good-looking guy who everybody hates but, but false, uh, New England fans, and you've won all these Super Bowls? And maybe I just hate Tom Brady. But, but you know, uh, nobody would ask him, how have you won all these Super Bowls? And Tom Brady would say, well, I just worry about it a lot. I don't, I don't exercise. I don't, I don't study. I just worry. And that is caused me great success. Bill Gates wouldn't say to you, how, how is Microsoft, how did you create that company and it become what it was? Well, I just worried about computers a lot and one day it was there. Worry doesn't, doesn't do that for us. So it doesn't, it doesn't bring anything beneficial to us. And so we're going to look today at Matthew chapter 6 at some things that Jesus had to say about worry. But I want to I go ahead and give you one of, the, one of the key points of what we're going to talk about today. And this is one of the things that Jesus is pointing out to us. I want you to know it up front. And that is this, that the things that you worry about reflect your core devotions. The things that you worry about reflect what you're devoted to. Um, I, I want to confess something to you as your pastor. And this might not be something that you want to hear from your pastor, but I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't worry about your job. I, re I just don't worry about your job. Even when the economy was bad and, and a lot of you, your jobs were having a hard time, I didn't lose sleep over your job. Now, you might have told me 
hey, I'm about to get laid off and that kind of thing. I would be concerned for you. I would pray for you. But I didn't worry about your job. You know why? Because I'm not devoted to your job. You are. I don't worry about your kids' grades. I just don't worry about it. Some of them, you, you know, I hear your kids are doing great. I'm excited for you. But I don't worry about your kids' grades. But now you know what I do worry about? I worry about my job. I worry about my kids, how they're doing in school. If they're going to get into the college of their choice, if they're going to choose a good career, I worry about that. Because why? I'm devoted to those things. I'm devoted to my children. I'm devoted to my job. And so the things that we worry about, it reflects what we are devoted to. It reflects what our core devotions are. And Jesus talks about that, and he's going to talk to us this week, and we're going to talk a lot next week about what if we were able to, what if we were able to shift our core devotion? The things that we're most devoted to, it reflects what we worry about. What if we're able to shift our devotions to something else? How would that change our worry? And then in return, how would that change our lives? So Jesus begins the worry talk, and, and uh, if, if you've got a Bible that's divided into sections, see, sometimes when you read the Bible, like it'll say, uh, like in Matthew chapter 6, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? It's the most famous sermon that Jesus ever gave. And in there, it might have something up there about Jesus speaks about money, and then it's got some verses, and then it stops and it says, Jesus speaks about worry, and, and we've kind of divided up the Bible by putting these headliners in there. Those weren't part of the original. The guys who wrote the Bible didn't write those in. We've added those later, and sometimes it'd be helpful if we took those out, because in your Bible, it probably tells you that the worry talk starts in verse 25. But it really, Jesus begins the worry talk in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6, and he begins it by talking about money. How many, uh, don't raise your hands, I know the answer is if you're uh, living on your own and you've got bills, the answer is all of you. All of you probably have worried about money at some time in the last three or four years. Maybe you don't worry about it a lot, but there's those times when you're balancing a checkbook, looking at your statement online, standing at Walmart and your car gets declined or whatever, that you all of a sudden you get this grip and this feeling of worry about money. It says, uh, I've looked at statistics and they say anywhere from 70 to, to 90% of Americans have been worried about money in the last year. And you know that, that if you're married, that sometimes money becomes the issue that both of you worry about and then it creates problems in the marriage because we worry about money. And so Jesus starts the talk about money in verse 24, Matthew chapter 6, the talk about worry by talking about money in, in 624. And he says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. How many of you grew up in a church that only taught out of the King James Bible growing up? I did. Did anybody else grow up in a church like that, only taught the King James Bible? One of the things about the King James Bible is uh, it is written in English, but it's not an English that we speak anymore, so it, it used to be confusing to me when I was a kid. Well, shoot, it, it's still confusing to me now a lot of times when I read it. But, uh, and so it's hard to understand. And, and in this verse, in, in verse 24, the King James Bible, it doesn't say you cannot serve God and money. It says you cannot serve God and, does anybody remember what the King James says? Mammon. And I remember as a kid reading, what the heck is mammon? 
I never knew what mammon was. I thought it was the, I, for a while. I thought it was that stuff that God sent down to the to the, uh, the Israelites when they got out of Egypt. But that was manna, not mammon. Here's what mammon is. Mammon comes from a Greek word, and and it's it's really a better translation than just saying money. So the King James really was a better translation of this word than what we just read, because mammon doesn't just mean cash. Mammon means stuff. It means your stuff. It means all the stuff that you have, which for us as Americans is a great word to be in this verse because guess what? We've got a lot of stuff. We have cars and boats and houses and gadgets and clothes and shoes and, and all these kinds of things. And so Jesus says there, listen, you cannot serve both God and your stuff. And, and the, the truth is, is that we're devoted, and, and as if you're a follower of Jesus, we're trying to be devoted to God, but we're also devoted to our stuff, and we're also devoted to having more stuff. And so Jesus begins to talk about money to say, listen, I understand that one of the big things you worry about is your stuff because you're really devoted to it. But he says at some point you're going to have to make a decision. We're all going to have to make a decision of who are we more devoted to because we cannot keep serving God and we cannot keep serving our stuff. At one point or another, we're going to begin to hate one or the other, so we've got to make a choice. So he begins this whole talk about worry to, to let us know that this is a spiritual issue and that, and that we need to make some hard choices when it comes to the, to the subject of worry. And then he moves into verse 25, and he says this. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Now let me stop right there just for a second. The truth of it is that for most of us in here, we're not worried about what we're going to eat or what we're, well, some of us are worried about what we're going to wear, but it's not because we don't have anything to wear, all right? But, but we're not worried about what we're going to eat and, and what we're going to put in our body and, and, uh, and that kind of thing or what we're going to drink because just like Donnie was talking about a while ago in his prayer, we've got clean water, most of us in our house. You turn it on and it's right there. We've got shelves and shelves of food. We've got restaurants we can go to when this service is over. And, and we've, we've money's, uh, food is not an issue for us. But back in that time, that was a big deal. People would wake up in the morning and wonder, where am I going to get food to eat? I, the harvest didn't come in last year. And I don't have anything stored in my barn I've got to find something to eat today. They didn't have Panera Unleavened Bread stores. They didn't have all that kind of stuff that we have. And so they lived in a very day-to-day -day society when it came to survival. And so when Jesus says to them, listen, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, that was a huge deal for them to, to hear. And so for us, since we don't worry about eating and drinking, he might say something like this to us today. He might say instead, hey, don't worry about when you're going to retire. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for your next car. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for your kids to go to college. Don't worry about if your kids are going to get into college. Don't worry if you're single about if you're ever going to get married. Don't worry if you're married about am I ever going to be single again. Don't worry about how can I get a better job. And he, so these are the things that we worry about. And Jesus says, listen, don't spend time worrying about that. And then, he, he, now, now let me stop here just a second. Because we could stop the message right there and some of you would walk out of here and say, hey, Jesus thinks it's not important whether I have a job or not. Jesus thinks it's not important whether I can retire. Jesus didn't think it was important for those people back then whether they ate or drank. Jesus never said that those things weren't important. 
Those things were very important. Obviously, it's very important if you're going to have food to eat. It's very important in the society we live in if you're going to have a job because you've got to have some money to pay for things. So Jesus isn't saying those things aren't important. He's saying those are extremely important. But he's saying you still don't have to worry about it. And he's also saying there, those things are extremely important. And guess what? It might not all work out. You might not ever get a better job. You might be single for a long, long time. But he's saying you still don't have to worry. And so he finishes that verse in verse 25. He says, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. And this is a great question. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? See, what happens is we get so focused on one area of our life whether it's your kids' grades or your retirement or the next car that you need and you don't have money for the car now or whatever it is. And we get so focused on that that it, it seems to take over everything. I got a picture here. Look at this picture that's going to come up on the screen. Now check that out. Um, does anybody, would you have a guess as to what that is? Hair? Well, you know, you're pretty close. It is It is hair. Um, but, you know, if you first look at that, it could look like uh, green onions or something or growing in a Petri dish. Or, that, is, uh, that is eyelashes. That's human eyelashes magnified, I don't know how many times, whatever Google said when I said look for a magnified picture. And so there it is, magnified, all that kind of stuff. Now, look at how that looks. It looks nasty, doesn't it? You would think this person has the worst hygiene in the world and I don't know who this guy is or girl or whatever and I don't know why they have green eyelashes but that's the way it looks when it's magnified but but here's the thing I'm sure that when they went in that day they knew we're, I'm going to get pictures of my eyeball taken magnified I'm sure they washed it they didn't want it to look nasty for the picture but there it is and that's probably how our eyelashes would look and it just looks different right it looks huge it looks nasty it looks like a big mess but it's not if you pull back, and I don't have a picture pulled back of eyelashes. Okay, you can drop the eyelash picture. It's kind of grossing me out. But if you pulled back, you would see that it's to it looks totally different when you pull back. And what happens when we worry is this. We worry about something so much that it becomes this huge, ugly, nasty thing that has taken over our lives. And we, and it, and we begin to think that it's our whole life. We begin to think that that's what everything is about. And Jesus is saying here, when he, when he says, listen, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He's saying, pull back, just pull back a minute. That thing that you're so hyper-focused on, that you're so obsessed on, that, that you're worrying about so much that you're losing sleep over, he's saying, pull back and you will understand that it's not more important than your life. Your life is so much more important about th than when you're going to retire. Your life is so much more important than how you're going to get a better job. Your life is so much bigger than those things. And so he's saying, pull back from that. And then he goes on in verse 26. And he, he makes this comparison that seems kind of funny at first. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, to us today, he might say, look at the birds of the air. They don't update their resume. They don't plan a budget. They don't ask people out on a date if they're single. They don't 
have a house that they're building. And, and so he, he says this, and, 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 and he, but he, then he makes this point that he says, they, they don't do any of this stuff, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Now again, Jesus is not saying don't work hard. But what he's saying is that when you do work hard, which we should, when we do plan budgets, which you should, when we do make, if you want to be married, you should make yourself presentable and wash your hair and put on a clean shirt and, and uh, put on some mascara if you're a girl. Uh, th- those things are good to do if you want to be married. And he says, do all those things. But then he says, do those things and then don't worry about it because he said, your father feeds the birds of the air. And then there's a great line after this. Are you not of more value than they are? Are you more valuable than birds? I think sometimes we don't understand that in society because we have made animals to be, you watch a movie and there'll be 40 people get gunned down and you don't do anything and they shoot a dog and you hear, there's a gasp. They shot a dog. What about the humans they just killed on screen? You don't care about them. And so sometimes I think that we think animals are just as important as we are. Let me tell you what the scripture says. If you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and you go back to creation, it says that when God created, he created animals, he created, he created mountains, he created uh, water, sunlight, all this kind of stuff. And then it says the greatest thing that he created was when he made man and woman. And you know why? Because they are, we are the only things on this earth that are created in the image of God. So we've got God's fingerprints on us. And that's the way we operate. And so God, Jesus is saying here, you're way more valuable than birds are. And if your father feeds the birds, you can be guaranteed that he's also going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about what's going on right now. I want you to do something silly. I want you to look at the person on your right or your left, and I want you to say to them, I'm more valuable than a bird. Go ahead, do it right now. Some of you didn't say that with much conviction. But it's true. And, and, your, and your father is going to care for them, and so he will also care for us. So what he's telling us there is, do everything you can. Do what you know to do. And then let God handle the results of it. Don't worry about what's next. Do what you can do today. Let God worry about tomorrow. Because us worrying about it's not going to do any good. And then it says this in verse 27. Jesus asked the question that I asked at the beginning. He says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Here's another question I want to ask you, and you can write this down, and this is a good one to remember. Can worrying today bring certainty tomorrow? Can worrying today bring certainty to what you're going to experience tomorrow? The only one who can bring certainty tomorrow is, is God. But we think sometimes that if I worry about this, then somehow it's going to affect what happens the next day. And I, and I know that we don't think that out loud. And, and listen, I understand. I, I, I've had some experiences recently where it just seemed like worry just showed up. I didn't wake up and thought, I'm going to worry today. But when I woke up and I walked out the door, it was like waiting for me at the steps. And it jumped on me and stayed with me most of the day. And, and, and that, that's the way that thing works. But we need to remember, listen, if I worry today, it doesn't even bring certainty to what's going 
to happen tomorrow. The only one who can do that is God. And, and listen, lots of stuff has changed in our world. Things are different now than they were five, ten years ago. Those of you that work in finances and stuff, you understand that after 2008, things went crazy and things were different and, and all that kind of stuff was, was, was different. But, but God took care of us through, before that. He took care of us through that and He's going to take care of us when the next one shows up. He's going to take care of us tomorrow. So there's no sense in us worrying about it before it gets here. And then we're going to go to verses 28 through 30 and get to the, real cl- the crux of the issue. It says this, Jesus says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Teenagers? No, I'm just kidding. Adults are too. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And here's the, the big term here. O you of little faith. Worry is a faith issue when we get down to it. Worry is a faith issue. We don't like to think about it that way. When we worry, we don't like to think um, that we're showing a lack of faith in God. But that's really at its basis. It's a faith issue. See, we're so emotional about the things we're devoted to. We're so consumed with them, and they are important things. But when we worry about them, what we're really saying is, when we worry about those things that we care for, now listen, don't miss this. When we worry about those things, what we're really saying is, is that we don't believe that God is able or willing to handle those things. Now, you might be thinking God's not able to handle those things. But I think for this crowd, most of you are believers in God, followers of Jesus. You believe God's able to do anything He says. The bigger thing is, is you think maybe He's not willing to do it for you. And I've been there. I've been right in the middle of that. I I remember having, I remember praying about specific things about this church, specific things about my kids. And those and specific things about my future. And I remember thinking to myself, God, I know you can do all this, but I don't know if you're going to do it for me. Because we get so wrapped up in the fact that we know how messed up we are. We know how sinful we are. We carry that guilt. And so we start to think, how, how would God, why would God want to handle this thing I'm worried about when I live the way I live or when I think the way I think or, or when, I, when I struggle so much to really be a close follower of Jesus, why would he want to handle this for me? And that's what worry really is. It becomes a faith issue where we're saying either, God, I don't know if you're able or if you're willing to deal with this. And see, here, here's the thing that shouldn't be a surprise to us. This is, this is not news to you, but it's just something we don't think about. I want to let you know something, that nothing in your life has ever been a certainty. Nothing in your life has ever been certain. When you entered into this world, it was touch and go whether you would survive the birth. When, when, you, when you continued on your life, it was touch and go whether you would pass classes and whether you would be able to uh, survive crossing the street when you're a kid and survive marriage and all this kind of stuff. Nothing has ever been a certainty in your life. 
but we look back on it and all those things that have happened, especially the good things, and we think, wow, that was always in the bag. That was always going to be there. But the stuff next, I don't know what's going to happen with it. That stuff wasn't certain, and God was there in the middle of that, working in your life, helping you to make good decisions, helping you to get where you are today, so you can be guaranteed that He's going to be here on the next phase of your life if you will follow Him. That stuff wasn't a certainty. The next stuff isn't a certainty, but I know who is a certainty, and it's God. He's never changed, and He's never going to change. So next week, now I've got, I'm going to give you some homework to do before we come back, so don't check out. But next week, we're going to move into the verses after verse 30, where Jesus talks to us about shifting our devotion. And so I want to be sure that you're here. But here, here's what I, 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 let's go over what we've learned today, and I want to give you uh, a couple things to do. The first thing we've learned today is this, is that worry's a waste of time. Worry's a waste of time. And, and time equals life. I mean, there's not a one of us that are going to be able to live longer than the time we have. One day our time runs out, and when our time runs out, our life runs out. That's the way it works. And so worry's a waste of time. And, and so, so this is what I want you to do this week, because you're going to worry this week, and some of you are worried now about not worrying this week. And so, so this is what I want you to do. When you're in the middle of whatever it is, and that worry just jumps out, and it jumps on your back, and it's holding on for dear life, and, and, it, and it's right there. I just want you to stop and I want you to say to yourself, okay, worrying about this will not make it better. Worrying about this will not add any time to my life. And worrying about this is wasting my time. And I don't want to waste time today. I'm not saying that'll work, but just try it. I don't want to waste time today with worrying about this. I'm going to move on. I'm going to go to, go to something else. The second, second thing that, that we've learned today is this. We're supposed to do what we can. We're supposed to do what we can. If you want a better job, you're not supposed to sit in your cubicle and worry about getting a better job. You're supposed to update your resume. You're supposed to look online for job listings. You're supposed to reach out to all your friends who have connections and say, hey, I'm looking for a better job. This place stinks. We're supposed to do what we can, but then we're not supposed to worry about it, right? So this is what I want you to do this week. If there's something you're worried about, I want you to ask yourself, have I done all I can do? And if you haven't done all you can do, make a game plan and start doing it. If you're worried about your finances, first thing you need to do is you need to sit down and you need to budget. You need to figure out where you're spending your money. So do what you can do. Then once you've done what you can do, then you can sit back and you can say, okay, I've done all I can do. Now I'm going to allow God to do the rest. Because we're supposed to do what we can. And you can even say out loud, God, I've done what I can do and I'm trusting you with what you can do. I'm trusting you with tomorrow. Because I can't live in tomorrow. All I can do is live in today, and I can do what I can do today. And then the third question that I want you to, to think about this week, and I asked it at the very beginning, is what are you most devoted to? What are you most devoted to? Because next week we're going to talk about how you shift your devotion. Now that doesn't mean that if you're most devoted to your kids that I, you're going to walk out of here next week and say, I don't care about my kids because I just shifted my devotion. But what are you most devoted to? We're going to talk about how you shift your devotion from those things so that you can no longer, you don't have to worry about worrying about those things, but to give those things to God. Allow Him to deal with those things. And we have our devotion somewhere else. And if you're wondering what you're most devoted to, start with what you worry about the most. Those are some things you're really, really 
devoted to. And then the last thing I want you to do is I want you to write this down in your notes. Matthew 6, 24 through 34. Read that every day. You don't have to read it all day. Just read it once a day. It'll take you two and a half minutes. Some of you, 35 seconds. However fast you read. Matthew 6, 24 through 34. Read that every day. And I guarantee you what else is going to happen this week. If you read that every day, there's going to be a verse, there's going to be a word, there's going to be an idea that's going to jump out to you. God is going to start to burn that idea, start to burn that verse, start to burn that word into your heart. And you're going to come in here next week ready to deal with who you are, who God is, and how you're going to deal with this worry thing. So I want you to come back next week for that. I'm going to, I'm going to close this in prayer. And, uh, and, and um, before I do that, just when you pray, you can bow your heads, you pray along while I pray, and then the band's going to come. And um, just, just start to ask God these questions about, God, what really am I most devoted to? God, I have doubted whether you would be willing to act on my behalf. Be honest with him. If you've doubted it, it's not a surprise to him. He knows it. And begin to deal with that. I want, I want the, these series of messages uh, to go beyond what we talk about on Sunday morning. I want it to transform your workplace. I want it to transform your marriages. I want it to transform your relationships with your kids. And I think it can because the gospel is transforming. And if the gospel will transform our hearts and then, so where we no longer worry about these things, then it's going to have an effect in the places we live and work and play. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the fact that 2,000 years ago when you were walking the earth and there weren't computers and cars and vacation homes and all those kinds of things, that people still struggled with worry and that you spoke to it, that you gave us a direction to go, gave us things to think about. And so I pray this morning, Father, that as we as a group of people come before you and are just honest to say, we struggle with this. We, we doubt your faithfulness sometimes. We doubt your ability to, to handle our situations. We confess that to you. I pray that you would comfort us, that you bring comfort to our hearts and let us know that you're real, that you're here, that you haven't changed, and that you're not going to change. That the thing that we're worried about for tomorrow, that you're already at work there. We can't be at work there, but you are. And so thank you for that. Father, I pray for the folks that are here today that, that have been just crippled by worry. And I pray that they would have a different life beginning immediately because they begin to turn these things over to you. They recognize that worry is a faith issue and, and, uh, and they just ask that you increase their faith and they give their lives completely to you. We love you. Thank you for being a real God who deals with our real problems in this very real world. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.